Hello, I'm Cameron Penamone. And I'm Stephanie Ledesma. And this is Drunk, Drunk Art, Art Chat. Chat. want a beatbox oh. <laughs> you just say boots and cats over and over again all right whenever you're ready i'm fucking ready my body is ready whoa whoa this is a, a different podcast welcome to stephanie's sexual corner <laughs> oh no we don't want to know about that <laughs> just kidding Welcome to our podcast. Yes, welcome <laughs> to episode seven, eight. Nope, it's seven, eight. It's eight. Episode eight. I'm drunk. <laughs> Woohoo! Episode eight. I'm drunk too. Whoop whoop. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing discussing. <laughs> Everybody's drunk. We're going to be discussing um, traditional art versus digital art. Round one fight. Whoa! Ding! Ding, ding! 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 Um, yeah, and uh, is this obviously that's a pretty vague uh topic, but we're gonna try and narrow it down and give you our thoughts on that. Um, and uh, we can start with another little sort of question that we have for yeah, each other. I'm gonna ask Cam this question. Cool. Um, Cam, mm-hmm. how do you define traditional art? And then how do you find digital art? What's the difference? I feel like traditional art is a pretty straightforward definition of anything that has nothing to do with computer assistance. So your acrylic painting, watercolor paintings, oil paintings, all this kind of stuff that has been around for years and years and years. And I think maybe the start... Of digital art and, and sort of the thing that toes the line is maybe like photography a little bit because it also it also depends on how you define technology. Yeah. Because you could, you could define like a paintbrush as technology if you wanted to mm-hmm. instead of using your hands like a caveman or whatever. <laughs> like um, a buffoon. A buffoon. A heathen. <laughs> uh, or a baby. <laughs> a dumb baby. <laughs> Just kidding. No, there's actually some artists out there uh, I saw recently. I completely forgot the name of this person. But she paints strictly with her hands using gloves. She oh, does, like, I've seen. Paintings. It was a viral video yeah. of her. Yeah. And they're like, they look like, you know, like really well done, skilled finger paintings. <laughs> they um, make you want to vomit. Because you're so disgusted by how talented she is. For damn hands. But it makes sense because, you know, you kind of like, it's your hands. You know what your hands do. And sometimes it ex- it is actually more natural, like, if you're smudging, like, charcoal or something, than to use a smudge stick or whatever. You have more control of your fingers yeah. and hands than you do a brush or a stick. Yeah. 
Um, I guess so, yeah. I mean, that's that's my definition of traditional. It's just kind of, like, stuff that you actually physically have to use. And uh, Although, with digital, um, I think of, you know, obviously all the Adobe stuff, um, digital uh, tablets, and... And again, maybe more along the lines of digital photography could also be considered digital art. And what um, about videos? Same videos. I mean, it's that stuff is also so difficult because it's its own medium. Um, but yes, I mean, because you are going through the process of, well, that's going to be redundant. You're <laughs> processing them through computers, typically, um, at least you know contemporary video stuff unless you're using i mean even if you're using vhs tape then you are still probably going to need some sort of machinery that has nothing to do with um more traditional mediums unless you are like painting the film or something by hand Hmm. um which i think is which that was done before yeah that was the thing people used to do as a matter of fact i think they used to use gouache uh, to like color, I wouldn't film, be surprised. Black and white. Mm-hmm. Gouache is our favorite thing to talk hey. about, apparently. <laughs> we all love the gouache. The gooch. <laughs> I love the gooch. God, sounds like a sexual thing. It is. <laughs> it is. Oh. Yeah, the gooch, gooch is the area between the penis and the butthole. I thought that was the taint. It's also the taint. It's also the taint. Oh it has many Why does it have names? so many names? It has so many. The sandbar. I've heard that too. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this is an education. Um, so That's I why think... I get really, you know, weird when people are like, where's the gooch? And I'm just like, do you really want to know? <laughs> it's between the penis and the butthole. How else can I help you? Anyway. Oh, yeah, this isn't going Hold off the rails I within the first six minutes. I almost my drink out. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. I think you get the idea. I I define it in the most stereotypical way ever. So, I, how about you? I know, I agree. Traditional media, um, traditional art is pretty much things you could buy at an art store that yeah. is not technology-based. So gouache, watercolors, oil, acrylic, ink. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? Color pencils, silk screen, and... stuff that like requires like a paper or canvas, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And digital to me is yeah, I guess you know photography, video or video art, um, anything but uh, the Photoshop suite mm-hmm. that would all be digital to me. Yeah, I mean that's kind of an easy question. I think not a heavy hitter, but. Very worth, easy. Worth at least putting out there so people know where we're coming from as we discuss this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any additional thoughts before we go to the next question? Because I know you had said that you have a lot that you could talk about, and I only came up with two questions. So. Well, I mean, we could we could talk about that because that probably will, you know, make me... I'm sorry, full warning, this is probably going to be a rant episode because we all know how I feel about school and digital art. Yeah. Let's go on to the next question. Will digital art ever replace traditional art? And I feel like we're, we kind of are coming to that point. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's part of, it's, it's that sort of feels 
to me like that. Um, you know, like when the e-readers came out and they're like, books are dying and like paper is <laughs> dying and everybody's freaking out. I, there's always going to be, it's always going to exist, but the accessibility of digital, what would you call it? I guess digital art tools, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, is becoming more available to people and it just feels like, you know, you make a, a sort of, with like Adobe stuff, you will make like a really big investment and then all of a sudden you just kind of have everything at your fingertips. Where with more traditional art supplies, you have to buy everything and then oftentimes over time they will break down and then you have to keep buying it. And I think mm-hmm. part of what it's expensive. is... expensive. It is expensive. And part of what is driving that sort of uh, shift to maybe the evolution of digital art starting to replace traditional is the fact that it is, over time, a better investment. I mean, you do lose certain qualities, that's without a doubt, but there's there's that fact and also that, like, you just have endless canvases. You can produce at whatever size you want, essentially. The only, you know... That given that you have the, like, the computer capacity to do that, you obviously need, like, lots of memory to do really, really big, like, mm-hmm. billboard-sized stuff, but, um... But I think people are already doing that at this point. Yeah. It's becoming more and more available, um, and that's a huge, uh, factor. Um, also, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, when you're making digital art, you can just, it's with a hit of a button or a couple buttons, like you can just remove your mistakes and it's oh, so yeah. easy. It's very easy. And then when I switch back to traditional and I'm like working in my sketch pad, sometimes I'll have like a twitch in my finger when I make a mistake and I want to just like hit a button and delete it, but you actually have to erase it and redraw everything. I Such completely weird... understand that. Yeah. In fact, there's like memes and like mm-hmm. things about that. Um, yeah. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> Um, no, that was, that was I think <laughs> I think the generation after millennials will never know what it's like to make a mistake and then you can't do anything about it unless you cover it up. Well, they will if they do traditional work. That's true, but <laughs> I think a lot of them are more exposed to digital at this point. Sure. Like we were on the cusp, our particular, like as we have mentioned, the older millennials. Millennials, yeah. And like, so we were on the cusp and we saw lots of changes throughout the 90s and the early 2000s happen and it really affects your like ability one to keep up with it and like two just like to to master these things Mm -hmm. and some of these kids are just gonna come out of the womb mastering these things yes really (laughs) frustrating he's gonna know how adobe works and blah 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 um yeah and it's only gonna keep getting more and more finessed and fine-tuned and I don't, but I, I still, I don't believe that it will 100% replace traditional. I just think that it's going to become, traditional art may more than anything be combined with digital, I think. And then it, it becomes a question of, is that suddenly, like, if you made something by hand, like 90% by hand, and then did several things to alter it to alter it is which that i consider digital art that was my introduction actually into digital art um mm-hmm. was i would do that i would do mostly like 90 percent of it was traditional yeah. and then i would just you know fine tune it in photoshop right. and i think 
maybe if it's literally just editing and fine-tuning, I don't know if I personally would describe that as digital art. I don't think you're shaking your head. I don't I don't think so. Sorry, I had a gulp of uh, oh, cider okay. in my mouth. Um, okay. um, I would not consider it digital because most of it was, you know, done by hand. Yeah. And I only, like, brightened it and, like, cleaned up a little bit. Sure. Some of that is just a matter of because scanning doesn't always catch the right brightness yeah. and the right colors and stuff depending on your equipment and so sometimes you get dust and so you have right. to edit that out yeah that's not i would not consider that digital i would consider it if it was like 50 percent altered and like you're adding shit to the actual composition or the colors and which i don't yeah when when i was doing that now i'm trying yeah. to do strictly just digital mm-hmm. at this point yeah um i do a lot of comp uh what was it? composition not compositions <laughs> Combining is oh. the word. I do a lot of combining. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. But it's usually a very specific and intentional use of it. Um, a lot of the... If you follow us on Instagram, which you should be following us on Instagram. Yes, please, please do. do. I posted a, a thing for our... An, an image for our Bad Movies podcast... Of Tommy Wiseau with stupid headphones that I added in two seconds. That is, I think very clearly, that is part traditional, part digital. Because I did the, the con- like, the, just the lines, the line work. And that is all just pen. And then I uploaded it and, like, colored it and did all that stuff. So I would, I think at that point, I do kind of consider that digital art. Because that's maybe, like, 20%. <laughs> traditional and then the rest you know so it's i don't know i guess it's sort of in the way i'm thinking about it i'm realizing that it's sort of a percentage game for me interesting yeah i guess i I hadn't really thought about it that deeply until we started thinking talking about it yeah how do how do you define it listener (laughs) actually that's uh, i'm very curious because i want to know are there other ways of uh looking at it hit us up on twitter (laughs) hit us up on twitter or hit us up at our email, drunkartchatpod at gmail.com. We want to know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> what you think. We want to know what you're thinking. Yes. We don't mean to make this like a, a promo episode. It's literally just because this is something that I think requires a bigger discussion. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of people have differing opinions on this, but um, I don't know. So, yeah. Any other thoughts? I feel like I talked a lot. Will digital art ever replace tradition? I, I feel like eventually it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least for... I, I feel like it kind of already is, because when... And here I go on this rant. Um, You know, when I graduated from school, like, and I was trying to apply to jobs in my field, they required a lot of digital programs. Digital programs. Like, computer programs. You know, like, they required CAD and... When you look at, like, if you even look at, like, graphic design, they want you to know all of, like, Adobe Suite. If you apply to animation, it's not hand-drawn anymore. They want you to know all, like, the animation programs Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, 3D three D modeling and stuff like that. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of is already replacing it in, you know, the job market, at least, at this point. Yeah, I think in my however many years it's been. I graduated in 2011. Like, in all that time that I've spent looking for jobs related to my 
the field that I graduated in, in graphic design, I found one that I can remember that said, like, we actually prefer that you have more traditional experience than digital. And that was, that was it. That was the only one. And they were super small, like a little, little print making company, I think. Like, they just did, like, prints of posters and people's art or whatever, I guess. But I don't know. I think that is... As far as businesses go, it is definitely being replaced. Yeah. Like, no doubt about that. Um, if you don't know, and you want to go into stuff like graphic design or illustration, um, you better know how that stuff works. Yeah. Um, you, you need it To your benefit, it would be to learn as yes. many programs as you possibly can. Yeah. That's one thing I was also going to say that I totally forgot is that I don't define digital art as just graphic design either like that would feel weird to me no not at all no because now i feel like at one point it used to be that way but now it's really blowing up and more and more people are using uh photoshop and illustrator as actual art tools yeah some of my favorite artists are solely digital artists um they don't make anything traditional it's pretty rare when you see them on instagram like post something that's like oh this is my sketchbook like you know this is a sketch i drew um when you were in school because this was my experience i'm just curious about you since you went to saic um did they in your more like in your studio classes did they really push always starting with like if you're gonna do thumbnails and stuff always starting traditionally starting in a sketchbook and then moving to it to digital or did so that the issue with my school was they talked about you know learning adobe like suite and like other things but then they never showed us how to do it they're just like you know you might want to learn how to do this you you might want to learn like oh, there was Lord. no like stress but everything was done traditionally at saic Okay. And I was in a certain, so I was in the fashion department program, which um, I did, you know, I studied fashion design and illustration. Like, I wasn't in a painting program where all I would need is traditional. Like, I was in a program that actually told me, like, hey, like, you might want to look into this. But then they just never (laughs) taught us, which is, like, kind of one of the reasons why I want to do loan forgiveness, because I'm like, I was lied to. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that you would want to do that, not that they did that. That's so weird. Because when I was in school, and if you hadn't listened to the first episode, I went to the American Academy of Art. And they, I was obviously, when I was studying graphic design, it was a lot, a lot of digital stuff that we were learning. And any time that we had to start a project, every single teacher made us do thumbnails and sketchbooks. And would get angry if you just, like, started without doing that um, to kind of exhaust the ideas in your sketchbooks. And I appreciated that. Like, I always Yeah, there's like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was good. There is a part of me that was, like, I feel, again, like, that to say, like, we're on the cusp of, you know, the traditional and digital sort of, I guess, revolution in art. Um like, there was this always this part of me that, like, itched to just get on the computer and just do it because I had this idea or blah, blah, blah. It was good to, to work it out in your sketchbook. But, I don't know, I sort of wonder how that's going to change. Even within, like, two or three years, I feel like it probably is already starting to evolve where 
there's literally apps that are essentially sketchbooks. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's almost like the same kind of thing, but now it's digital. Maybe you made a sketch that you really love. Don't worry about scanning it in. You could just upload yep. it into <laughs> Photoshop or whatever, and there you go. I mean, there's AutoCAD sketch. No, yeah. Aut- Autodesk. Not mm-hmm. sorry. This Autodesk has made CAD, but Autodesk also makes this program called Sketchbook where you can use and I say in quotes, um, traditional mediums to draw. Yeah. So they try to make it as realistic as possible, but it's it's not the same. Yeah. No, it isn't. Whoops, let me just hit things with my uh, Angry Orchard Hard Cider yes. bottle. Well, it's your, your second one after your rum and coke, mm-hmm. so that's to be expected. <laughs> I uh, and I we didn't do this at the top of the episode. We I had a whiskey sour and also an angry orchard, and now I'm on an Arnold Palmer spiked. I had a spiced rum with cherry cola, mm-hmm. zero, I believe, yes. no calories. <laughs> <laughs> Got to watch my figure, and um, but not really because I had two angry cider hard mm. angry ciders. They're so mad. Angry Orchard Hard Cider Rosés. I've had two of those. So, yeah, that's a lot. If you know me personally, you know that's a lot for me. I know you personally, Stephanie. Stephanie. (laughs) Stephanie. (laughs) Stephanie. Hi. (laughs) Um, So, do we we think traditional art is a dying medium? I say yes. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you already see it in the job market. Yeah, in that sense, it is. And I think that's kind of the... When employers aren't looking for a certain thing, then I think you can consider it dying or dead. Um, And and a very specific example of that that I have experienced is... um, Early on, after I graduated and I was looking for jobs, a lot of people were still asking for experience with Quark. What is um, quirk? Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's something that I vaguely remember using in high school. So I graduated high school in 2007, so it was already kind of obsolete at that point because it's essentially InDesign, but not by Adobe. It's its own thing. And any job listing that had listed Quark, one, I couldn't even... I mean, I, I'm sure I could teach myself how to do it, but I just, like... I'd never, we never ever used that in school because Adobe was the standard, industry standard generally. And so I say, I would say like, well, I can't apply to this because I never used this. Also, I'm not going to apply to this because I know Quark is going to be gone very soon. Like nobody's going to use it. Damn. If anybody in, in the industry is still using Quark, they're probably very behind and probably on the brink of bankruptcy. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really looked at graphic design jobs lately, but maybe, maybe it's, it's had a revamp. I have no idea, but as far as I know. I've had, I've looked at things on Indeed and Mm -hmm. whatever you, Monster, whatever, and Craigslist. Um, No, it's a, a, it's Adobe Suite. It's all Adobe. That's all Adobe at this point. It's the fucking monopoly on digital. And honestly, like... I'm, most monopolies I'm angry about, <laughs> but with Adobe, I mean, I'm, I use it, I use it all the time, and it is an extremely well-made 
um, sweet, and I, I have only scratched the surface of it, and I've been using Same. it forever, so. And I say Adobe, I use Photoshop uh, and Illustrator and InDesign were the top three that I've used in my career. That seems slash. to be the top three. Yeah. But, you know, if <laughs> you are a graphic designer, you'd use those. Yeah, you use different tools for video and photography and stuff. Um, you really, like, they have classes and you can be certified and stuff in Adobe programs now. Yeah. So it's a whole fucking thing. So No, I wish it was something I learned in college or high school. Like, I wish I was more proactive. Well, now I'm more proactive about it, but I wish I was back then because it's it's the fucking standard now. Yeah, but how did you know to be? Because this is the thing. It's like, when we were growing up, like, it was evolving so quickly. How did you, how would you know what to That's catch? That's true. You know, certain things would come up and then fizzle out. And then other things would come up and blow up and stay the standard. So, we were kind of on our own. We are. Sailing this lonely ocean of technology. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Nice. Oh shit! I was I'm trying to say 69 in a burp, but I couldn't do it. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, I failed. Failed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Any other? You look like you're thinking about something. Well, I was thinking about my partner who. Oh. Um, <laughs> Well, not relatable to, to what? You just miss him. Oh, I like, I don't want to so be here much. right now. <laughs> no, no. He's just at home sleeping. Um, He, so I, I got permission to say his name. His name's Paul. Um, hey, Paul. Paul graduated with, Um, I, I don't know if I could give too much information, but he did graduate recently with uh, computer programming. Mm -hmm. And that's a field, that's a very lucrative field at this point. Oh, like, yeah. at least I oh, think it is. Sure. Yeah, I would say so. Um, And he had to learn a whole bunch of, like, every class he took, he would have to, like, learn a different computer program, mm -hmm. which is insane because there's no, like, I, at least I believe from what he was telling me, there's really... No, so it's not like Adobe Photoshop. Like yeah. you have to learn a couple, um, right? So I guess maybe I'm just dwelling on the fact that I'm kind of jealous <laughs> of you oh, know yeah. that he was fortunate enough to be like, well, to have adults tell him like you should go into this field or to have like, that guidance. You know, yeah, to yeah. have that guidance. Um, sorry, a little off tangent, but you know, somewhat relatable. So, it is. Well, and he's I. And I'll edit this out if we can't. Um, he's like slightly younger than us, right? Yes, he like, is. Um, so I th even in that short age gap, like it's he's five years younger than me, guys. <laughs> and that's literally like nothing. Yeah. And in terms of how much it's evolved, he's already gotten that much more guidance. Yeah. And um, no, that's true. It's I don't think he would be upset if we had told yeah. <laughs> everyone that he's younger than me because apparently I'm a cougar. Um, wow. Um, but yeah, in the five year difference from me being 30 and him being 25, like he has so much guidance and he was already told so like, hey, you want to learn this kind of stuff. Uh, I remember one time when the three of us were hanging out and I think I had mentioned something about like, I very briefly taught this silly class oh god please mm. tell the audience how you lied about moving to <laughs> get out of this job that. i love I hope it they're not listening 
then please, Cam, tell tell the story and okay. then go into why it's relatable. Okay, I will. Or so, why it's relevant. I used to work, uh, not too long ago, I worked very briefly at a local-ish YMCA and teaching a, a class uh, for young, 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 young kids who were born with a tablet in their hands. So are they like three or four? No, they were eight. But still. I mean, still. Close enough. Yes. Um, they really, literally. Still. Anyway, I, I, can, I can do a whole episode on this crazy class. Um, and I only had two, two students, just two. So it doesn't, it's not like, I don't know if you can consider that it's class. It's like a private tutor lesson. Um, anyway. Uh, I was teaching them how to code shit in HTML because I figured they were born knowing this stuff. And then the class ended and I was like, and they really wanted me to keep going, but I didn't really kind of want to because <laughs> it wasn't really what I wanted so to So what did Cam do? I told them I was moving to Southern Illinois. <laughs> oh, um, and I, I fall off my seat. <laughs> Cam wasn't. Cam couldn't tell them, like, hey, I'm just not interested. Yeah, they had to lie about moving. <laughs> you know, it's a small small place. It's a YMCA, and they'd be like, we're desperate for teachers. And I was like, yeah. It just, I felt bad, because they, I, I took the job under the guise of it being a, a graphic design teaching class. And I was like, cool, I can do that. I feel confident in that. And then um, they were like, but we really need someone who can teach HTML. I was like, I know like some. Like coding, right? Yeah. And I was like, I can kind of do that. But they only had like tablets to work on and not computers and nothing else. And I had to like do all this research to figure out what kind of apps are available for coding and what's going to work the best for an eight-year-old. And the whole thing turned into like a spelling lesson. That was all it was. Like it was like, now we have to write... I-N-G-S-R-C equals quote. They're like, what's a quote? And I'm like, oh my god. And it took forever. That's really shitty of them to like make you believe you're going to teach a graphic design class. And it's like, oh, we actually really need someone that does computer programming. That's what Paul does. That's completely different. That's a different degree. Also, I didn't know the age of the children until the day of the class. So I didn't know how to like prepare oh, <laughs> it was really hard because then you could like over prepare and then yeah, you could like I really under prepare and i did because they were like oh it could be anywhere between like four and you know an adult and i was like okay <laughs> oh my god uh, i mean i pretty much knew it was going to be kids so I, I i more i more or less made my lesson plan for like 12 to like 14 year olds like <laughs> and I had eight year old year old yeah what they did, did they... not do very oh, well God. i mean i mostly made their websites for them it was really awkward anywho i don't live in and that's Illinois. why cam lied about moving I felt like they were really nice to me <laughs> anyway. he was like i can't do this anymore i'm moving to southern illinois Somewhere near Champaign. (laughs) I did a little bit of research on Southern Illinois just to be like, yep, it's down there. and uh, Springfield. I don't don't remember what I said. It was silly. Um, But all of that was to say is that when I mentioned that story to you and Paul, um, Paul had said, like, he never even learned HTML, right? Like, it's because it's not HTML anymore. It's HTML5. 
Yeah, and maybe he, he didn't even do that. I don't even know. Like, and I was baffled by that. I mean, he. I think he knows HTML sure. at this point, so he didn't have to learn it. But like at this they point, didn't it's have like to teach it. No, no, not at all. Like, I think when you go into computer programming, you're supposed to kind of know that already. Like, you're not supposed to. You shouldn't be learning that when you that go into the program. Um, <laughs> I think his stuff was like C plus plus, and oh god, you know, yeah, more extreme other... stuff. There's stuff like. I remember he mentioned some of the programs. I'm like, I don't even know what that <laughs> is. You're saying letters. What are you saying? Linux like, or something? Just oh, some weird. Isn't that just like a computer operating system? Linux? Maybe. <laughs> I know he had to download that to do like programming. Yeah. Um, when I watch him program, I just don't understand it because he's like in some kind of other program just typing shit up. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, like, don't get it. <laughs> I literally, that class that I taught devolved into them playing games. Like, Minecraft. Quoting games. They always fucking talked about Minecraft. What is it with (laughs) fucking eight year old boys in Minecraft? Minecraft's popular with kids. God, they love it. And I'm like, I can't, I've never played it. I don't know how to relate that to the game. So shut up. (laughs) I don't know. To the game, to the class is what I meant to say. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. We are drunk. We, we are drunk. Yes. Any other thoughts on this stuff before we go to a fake commercial? I think I'm good right now. Okay. I think we go to that time. fake commercial. Fake, fake commercial. commercial. Fake, fake commercial. Fake commercial. Fake, fake commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Feelings and Thoughts. This is a great subscription service with all of your favorites available. Let's see, they've got um, inconvenient hunger, sudden inappropriate bursts of joy, extreme fatigue, plus so many more. Get this, they've also just added that feeling of staring out the window on your commute, mind wandering, when all of a sudden you remember a very specific mean comment someone said to you in a chat room in 1999, So you kind of just relive that moment of your first encounter with like mild online harassment and you just remember how weird and new it was and how you didn't know how to ask for help because like adults didn't have these experiences. So what could they really do? This episode is also brought to you by Subway. Next time you grab some food at Subway, ask the sandwich artist, Drunk Art Chat Podcast, and get your next meal at full price. Terms and conditions apply. Subway. Eat fresh. All right. We recorded. We are recording. We have returned. We have returned. So, I think we're both pretty drunk right now. I feel sloshed. I feel sloshed, too. I don't know how this is possible. All right. So, question. Because there's no original piece, does that devalue digital art so because there's no original piece does that make digital art not less valuable less valuable thank you (laughs) um what are your thoughts cam i don't know because i just this is something i just thought about (laughs) i think to the general public yes it does yeah it's kind of the same thing when comics started. Like people did not see comics as a true art form. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, and I think people nowadays don't see digital art as a true art form. It's going to take a little bit. Yeah, and when we say again, when we say digital art, like we're talking about like digital illustration and so forth, right? 
Actually, I, I would even put, you know, like video art and oh, photography. Yeah, yeah. I think people don't see extreme value in that as they do like uh, oil painting. Right. Yeah. And I guess we should also say that when we say no original, I just mean, you know, like. It could be reproduced. It could be super easily reproduced. You Obviously, you have like an original file like the for example if you're doing something in illustrator it'll give you um the illustrator file that you can still edit that's the closest you can come to it being an original file or part of the piece um but you can always make changes you can resize it you can do this and that and make like a mass amount of prints and you could do that with you know an oil painting or an acrylic painting, but you always have that one canvas that was the canvas or the paper. That you could sell for more than yeah, the print. Yeah, that's usually, and that's kind of where this thought comes into mind because it's like, are you, are you, <laughs> have you, I've never heard of anybody selling their like illustrator files. No. Or something no. like that. Like that would be Unless weird. they were selling the rights to it, I guess. I guess that would be the closest thing you can compare it to. The, when it comes to valuing digital art, you're not necessarily taking into consideration the same things as you would traditional, a traditional piece, you know, uh, with the exception of, I guess, I don't know. I guess the price of the tools does come into play, yeah. obviously. Um, but I do think the side. general public does not see value no. because they think it's a thing you could just churn out really fast. Yeah. They don't see value in the amount of time that went into into the actual original. Like, once it's done, it's done. And that's so weird because it's like, you know, you can make prints of a Van Gogh Van Gogh. I think that's the proper way to say it. Um, and, you know, obviously charge for way less for them, but it's like the same principle. It's the same idea. Yeah. So why not, like, consider it, you know, if somebody put effort and time and energy into a digital piece. I think um, a lot of people who aren't, who are feeling that way, maybe don't have as much familiarity with the inner workings of digital programs. I think that's very programs. true. Yeah. And I think, think you can make a shape and it becomes a masterpiece. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that was the same way people thought when, you know, comic books came out. They yeah. just did not see it as an art form because it was like quickly made, I guess. Sure. And I, I say that with quotes. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it too was like in the beginning, it was, it was, it's like storybook kind of thing. Mm -hmm. People didn't take it seriously. Um, and yes, it could be like super, super easily mass produced. Um, doesn't mean there's not originals though for that kind of thing. But it's the same. Yeah. It's definitely the same idea. It's, it's more, I think, complicated with digital art. Yeah. You don't, we don't have a Liechtenstein uh, yeah. for digital art as we did with comic art. Yeah. So until we have that kind of person that, you know, can make the general public. And when I say general public, I mean people that aren't, you know, mm -hmm. um, really into art, I sure. guess. Um, people who would go to the museum and say like, oh, this. Um, that's pretty. Yeah. They like the really, really, you know, stereotypically, like, 
beautiful stuff. They just like what is most popular yeah. or what's the famous pieces. They don't, they're not interested in seeing. I mean, they are, but they don't understand what's going on. That's the general public, I mean. The people yeah. that don't do art, the people that have no idea what, you know. They don't think about this stuff. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Fucking nerds like we are. You know, there's no Lichtenstein mm-hmm. for comic books until that uh, comic books until there's like no Lichtenstein art. for digital art. So until that happens, I don't think people are gonna really um, value digital art. Yes, and I think just to elect, like you're saying that because Lichtenstein sort of sort of bridged the gap a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I think at least in most of my art history classes, he's the, like the number one person people talk about you know that made people realize like art is not like uh just the one thing like oil paintings Mm -hmm. it's not just that earlier modern artists i guess yeah um the modern era when all the movements started really taking momentum getting momentum um i'm in that stage of like sleepy drunk oh yeah me too i feel like you are too um, it's a good stage, but maybe not the best podcast <laughs> podcasting stage. No, it's not. Um, so should we consider going into our final segment? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that is our favorite art thing segment. And for this episode, it's what's your favorite traditional medium to use and what's your favorite digital medium to use or tool? Go ahead, Cam. You first. Oh, why is it you always first, me? You first. You first. You <laughs> first. Um, this is a very hard question, actually. <laughs> My favorite traditional medium, I'll just go with maybe what I've been using lately and kind of a lot of... That's fine. Um, I've kind of, it's sort of a combination of two. It is, I'm going to pull it out right now. It's this one. It's, oh, shit. I see it. <laughs> yes. It's in Camp's hands. It's the Kurataki Zig Clean Color Real Brush. Um, because it's an actual real paint. No, not paint. Um, it has real bristles. Uh, it's a marker. It's a, it's a, it's it's a water solubile marker. And it's, it's just the kind that I like in terms of, like, saturation. And the, I like anything that's water soluble generally. It's, I just typically like to really do blendy stuff on top of very weird shaky lines and stuff like that and so anything that i can blend out um tends to be something i'm drawn to and i also uh enjoy paint markers acrylic paint markers Ooh, those are the best yeah i agree with that i've been playing a lot with um the posca markers those are good they're very versatile and i really my favorite ones of probably all time that i've used so far are the molotov yes those are mine god they're so fucking opaque i love them they're really good (laughs) they i can't believe how like if you're looking for a correction marker get the white molotov like that's oh yeah that will do the trick it honestly and i've used actual correction inks and stuff when i like i've been practicing making comics and stuff and i'm i make a lot of mistakes (laughs) y'all and uh whenever i do that i'm like man everything fucking sucks but the fucking white molotovs are really good. Um, mm-hmm. Those are really... I use them for highlights most of the time. Yeah. They go on top of just about anything. So those are probably my favorite current favorite traditional mediums. And... Favorite digital? Digital. 
It could be a program. It could be a type of tablet, I guess. True. It could be anything. I don't really use tablets too much. Um, but I do... I mean, I think for as long as I've been using anything digital, my heart sort of stays with Photoshop. <laughs> my graphic design stuff has always, almost always been done in InDesign or Illustrator, depending on what I'm doing. But Photoshop, I've always, I mean, you can do all these crazy, like, manipulating the images. And so I think it's actually, for me, it's a combination of photography and Photoshop and also digital. Like it's it's the thing where I come to to like combine it all. So I really like fucking with shit in Photoshop and I've always have. <laughs> it's something I do just to like almost meditate on whatever it is I'm working on. I make I make every once in a while. This is really weird. Speaking of meditation, sometimes it calms me down to turn pictures of myself into zombies. Oh, I like, like that. Really violent, ugly, disgusting zombies. <laughs> I find it very soothing to do that. <laughs> um, so I do that sometimes. Um, I love Photoshop. And just as like a little thing that I find is a very powerful mobile kind of sort of version of a combination of Photoshop and um, Illustrator is this app I have been using called Infinite Painter. Um, I really like it. You do it. You it's a premium app. If you don't get the the free one, is okay. But if you're looking for something that's mobile and has a lot of power and very similar features as Photoshop, I would maybe consider buying it. I think it was like eight bucks or something. Um, but you get everything and unlocks everything. And I often use it to like resize shit on my phone and also to create things just directly on my phone. Um, I've done a number of pieces with it that are just standalone digital pieces. So I would look into that if you're interested in a new digital, digital app. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, that was long winded. No, that wasn't. That was not. That was very, uh, that was a lot of information. Good yes. information. <laughs> well, good. That was relatable to what we're talking about that's that's what we aim to do yes we try really hard here um at cam's apartment i like how we say here i like how i said here like where's like this established we're just floating in the void studio um we try really hard to stay on topic while drunk yep your turn oh my turn <laughs> um so my favorite traditional medium would be Copic markers, mm -hmm. which is ironic because Copic markers and any alcohol-based markers, in case you didn't know, audience, um, they're not permanent. They're not mm -hmm. made to be permanent. They're made to sketch out an idea, do a design, and that's it because eventually they, they fade. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no way to, you know, seal it. There's, I mean, I think Copic did come up with their own kind of varnish, which hmm. is kind of weird, but I've never tried it because usually most varnishes have alcohol in it. So when you <laughs> spray alcohol on alcohol-based markers, you tend to fuck things up. Yeah. FYI. Yeah, don't do that. So I like Copic markers a lot. I feel like I've mastered it. Um, not to toot my own horn, but people that you usually have. <laughs> no you have like your work is amazing also stephanie's an incredibly fast worker too oh, shut up <laughs> <laughs> but not to toot my own horn usually people that see my copic 
um, stuff say it looks like a print, like I did it in Photoshop, yeah. which, ironically, I just have not mastered Photoshop yet. <laughs> I'm still trying. You could, you could fake it. You could tell people, oh, yeah, yeah, I did this one. I did this in Photoshop. <laughs> um, which, surprisingly, for my digital, my favorite digital medium, I would have to say it's a, it's a toss-up between Photoshop and autodesk sketchbook i feel Mm -hmm. like i could do a lot more with autodesk sketchbook at least right now um i feel like it's easier to transition with that program than it is with um photoshop from traditional to digital Mm -hmm. cool there's so many things so many things you can try and i think i think that'll about conclude it yeah cool cool i had fun I had fun too. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Before we go, we just want to say a few things and give credit to Jonathan Stutz for providing us with their amazing music throughout this podcast. Our intro slash outro music is a song called Rushing, which you can get off of their album, Sins One, on Bandcamp. So go to stutzmusic.bandcamp.com to download that. That's S. T-U-T-Z music.bandcamp.com Also feel free to write to us at drunkartchatpod at gmail.com Yeah, and follow us on Twitter at drunkartchat as well as Instagram uh, by the same name. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast by following us on SoundCloud at drunkartchat. Yeah. And I'm Cameron Penmon. I'm Stephanie Ledesma. And this has been Drunk Drunk Our Chat. Chat.